Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always on the Greatest Games Podcast. A chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. It can be their time as a high school varsity coach, a JV coach, a B-team coach, a college coach, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest game. So, Chris, you know, we, we mentioned a lot. Our guests are very special. This guest is extremely special for a lot of reasons, but he has won not one, not two, not three, but four straight state championships in the state of South Carolina. You know him as the head coach at Dorman High School in beautiful Roebuck, South Carolina. Thomas Ryan, welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast. Glad to be here, guys. I appreciate you having me. Can't wait to have a good time. So he's what you said four straight, Brian, just four, just four. Well, I, I believe, I believe that outdoes his mentor who we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I'm Uh-oh. not going to mention any names, controversy but here. Uh-oh. he may, may outdone coach Harris there at Lexington. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I don't know. That never can do that. That's my guy. He told me everything I know. <laughs> We had a great episode with Bailey about three weeks ago. He was, he was a great guest and, you know, obviously, you know, one of the best coaches there in South Carolina prep history. But uh, so you started off days in Lexington, South Carolina, playing basketball for the great Bailey Harris. Then take us through the rest of your resume and how you got to where you are today. Well, I tell you, just playing for Coach Harris special, just uh, who he is and, and what he develops in his players. And, and he develop. If, if you love basketball, he also just kind of, uh, I can remember him telling me, Thomas, go in education. It's a great opportunity if you love coaching and, uh, you know, to get in. And uh, a lot – so many good coaches that I see now, Chris, that just haven't maybe taken the right steps and to get into education. Uh, but then was fortunate to go to USC Aiken and play for Larry Epperly and, and Mike Roberts, two guys that mean a lot to me. Uh, Coach Mike Roberts, uh, just incredible guys. His dad coached at Clemson back in the day. Um, you know, it, it was special learning from those. And, and Coach Roberts is still a guy that comes to two or three games uh, a year and watches us play. And on the way home, will give me a call and tell me uh, what we did well and what we didn't do well. Uh, but between him and, and Coach Harris, I have some mentors that mean a lot to me and taught me a lot about the game, but probably more importantly taught me about developing relationships and just the importance of that in coaching, maybe a little more next and O's. We, we tend to put a lot next and O's, but I, but I think it's those relationships and those kids that I just credit uh, Coach Harris and Coach Roberts with developing in my coaching uh, style and philosophy. When did you figure that out, Tom? Because I, I, it, it was me as a 22-year-old coach right out of college, coaching at a private school, thinking that I knew everything there was to know about basketball, which, of course, was erroneous thinking, but thinking that it was just the basketball and it was a little bit of people, but it was more about the basketball. So when did you really figure that part out? Because you are so good with your kids. They play so hard with you and for you. But when did you figure out that it was more about the people and less about the X's and O's? You know, I think it was my third or fourth year. I was at Aiken High School when I left college, played at USC Aiken that I mentioned. Then I was a one-year uh, JV coach at White Knoll under Brett Jones, who was a Bailey Harris disciple. So I kind of knew their philosophy and style, which was relationship-oriented. But then as I got to Aiken High School, took on a program that really um, had tons of athletes but no basketball background or history. And I just started seeing what these kids were going through. 
and, and what they had at home that was tough and picking them up and take them to McDonald's and you develop a relationship and, and all of a sudden realized, you know what, I'd done all these clinics and learned all these plays and all these defenses and thought, I, hey, if I could outwork people to know that by 26, 27, I've got a chance to be the best, you know, coach in the state or in my mind, I thought I was going to be the best coach in the country then. But it kind of humbled me to realize, hey, uh, I'm in this for a bigger purpose than the X and O's of basketball. Uh, let's find out what these kids need, want, and then when they learn that, then all of a sudden the game of basketball can become so much bigger because it can be a roadway uh, for them to have great success, to go to college, to run, uh, to learn uh, what it means to be successful as a husband, father, son. I mean, there's so many things that any sport, but especially the game of basketball, through adversity, through success, uh, can teach these kids. So I think it was my, you know, just take this job at 24, 28 or 29, and realized, you know, it's something so much bigger than that. And, and I really think that's helped me. And I think the Lord's blessed me court, getting over that hump of thinking that if I can outcoach somebody with X and O's, then I'm going to win games. And really, I, I just think there's, uh, I think there's so much more to that than winning games, than outcoaching or, or having the best play uh, sheet or, uh, you know, having the best offensive sets and that kind of thing. Oh, uh, we're going to talk about an offensive set called Tomahawk a little later, but that's just, I'm just previewing here. Um, tell us coach about what you see. And we talked a little bit off air about our mutual friend, Ryan Hilburn, who, who works for you now as an assistant coach. Talk about what you look for in an assistant coach and what an assistant coach's job is or wh what you think it is for you. Well, I mean, I want a guy first and foremost that uh, is loyal. I mean, there's nothing that, that – that is the number one thing I'm trying to figure out from his past highs and, and, and different things. Is he completely loyal? I also want a, an assistant coach that wants to be a head coach, believe it or not. A lot of times we want to find this perfect assistant coach that can stay with us forever. That's not what I want. I'm very proud of – I think we have seven assistants in the last five years that are now head coaches in South Carolina or Florida or different areas that have won state championships. And, and I credit those guys with where we are. I can just tell you, I, I'm by far, I'm so far down the totem pole as far as how good a coach somebody is. I've got seven or eight assistants that are better than me and probably three or four of them on staff right now. Uh, Zach Rich, John Stair, Ryan Hilburn, Scott Henry, Rod Sadler. I mean, like I literally have like five coaches right now that if a job opened up in South Carolina, their athletic directors would be crazy not not to talk to these guys. I mean, that's how, how strong a staff. And I credit my administration, uh, my athletic director, principal, Flynn Harrell, um, and, and uh, Bryant Robertson, and, and then my superintendent, I mean, uh, Daryl Owens. I mean, they want to be great in basketball, and they've allowed me to hire great assistant coaches. But those guys, loyalty is my most important thing. I don't, really don't care how much basketball you know. We'll sit down in a room, and we'll figure that out together, how we want to play, what we want to be what we won't compromise, uh, but loyalty is important. And then guys that strive to be head coaches. And you got to have a good AD. You don't want a stiff as an AD, you know, like, 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 like some guys we know. We'll edit, we'll edit that part. I mean, I mean listen, I mean, <laughs> that's why they've got three straight, right? <laughs> right. Got it right. That was good. That was, that was good hiring by coach Rosefield. That is for sure. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> it was good hiring. I did a great job of entering those buses. That bus showed up at the right time. Got him <laughs> to the it. arena. That was it. That was my role. <laughs> As our good old friend, coach Glenn would say, know your role. I know my role. Well, <laughs> so, 
but you mentioned you know, Flynn, Daryl, all those guys within your administration and within your district. Mm-hmm. I've been fascinated. I've never really asked you this off the air, so why not ask you on the air here, Tyler? <laughs> fascinated by the vision that you're able to cast and guys that you will you, you do a great job of running events. Uh, you have facilities that are to die for up there at Dorman, but that didn't just happen. They didn't just build those. You've been in a position to where you've been able to cast that vision of, Hey, this is what we want to do from a basketball perspective. So can you tell us a little bit more about your philosophy with that and how that just happened? I know it just doesn't happen, but um, how do you push that information up through the chain? If that makes any sense. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a big – I'll give Coach Harris a lot of credit on that. He, he was very good at Lexington of putting camps and AAU programs, and he put an entire program. And I feel like that's one thing we've done at Dorman uh, that, that I'm, a lot, I'm very proud of is, uh, you know, I'm going to scratch that itch. Hey, how can I help our kids have the best opportunity? We've got to have the best social media, media presence. We've got to have the best uh, film – breakdown. We've got to be able to send films out to more college coaches than anybody else. We've got to highlight every accomplishment of our kid through Instagram, you know, Twitter, the whole nine yards. Our program needs to be the front porch. If anybody's looking at high school basketball in South Carolina, I tell our coaches, we've got a media team. Um, We've developed uh, two we get students, they, they become our video team. We want highlights every game, two or three minutes, that we can push out there showing our kids uh, do great things. And I'm just going to tell you, uh, so many – you're missing the boat if you're not highlighting your program and in social media, uh, putting out uh, videos, uh, following what they're doing in the AAU and the travel circuits. Like, we want – I don't want anybody to outwork us on highlighting our kids' accomplishments. That's amazing, Coach. And, and we've, had, uh, we've had coaches on from New Jersey up here where I coach now and, and, t- and plenty of South Carolina coaches. And Brian and I have talked about it. Uh, the social media aspect is you guys down there are way better at it than we are up here. I mean, it is incredible how little social media stuff goes on here with coaches in New Jersey overall. So uh, that, that's just a great thing that you do, like you said. And, and it's about highlighting your players, which is what I really like that you said there. Well, and I'll tell you what happens. It's kind of a byproduct. Our kids take pride in a winning streak or a region record over the last four years or us retweeting what the Beach Ball Classic says or what the Chick-fil-A Classic or what the Bojangles Bash says. You know, those kind of things, as they highlight our program, us spitting it back out, it's just huge. I, I can't even tell you what it's done as far as kids wanting to say, hey, I want to be part of that program. They're a step ahead. They're a cut above anybody else in our area. Yeah, that is so true. Now, we're not going to get into your the greatest game that you had told us previously yet, but this is a question we ask sometimes, and uh, we ask, what is who's the best player you ever coached against? Huh. And I have, a, I have a feeling you're going to tell us a little bit about coaching against this young man and, and the game and everything. Well, I mean, there's probably two guys that stand out. And, I mean, one, because he's locally has stand First of all, I will tell you this. In the Beach Ball Classic, when I coached at Aiken, I coached against Mario Chalmers. Okay. Okay. Played for the Heat. Chalmers had yep. 34. But they came down from, his team came down from Alaska? He was from Anchorage. Yes. Yeah. yes. 34, 13, and 12. 12 being steals. Okay, 
Um, we were able to beat them. He did, you know, it's funny. These two games, these are two big games, but outside of the one that probably means the most. Um, that one, we were able to have a big beach ball win when I was at Aiken over, I think it was his Bartledge team. Bartlett, yeah, Bartlett, Bartlett yeah, High School. Bar, okay, yep, and he had an incredible game. Um, but then the biggest one just in the last 10 years, I mean, locally in Spartanburg County, Zion Williamson at Spartanburg Day. Locally, school. that's he's international, Coach, not just well, – <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. Here, here's the deal. Facebook Live had a million viewers. That was crazy. <laughs> we sold out the game in 37 minutes. Uh, they were number one in, in private school in South Carolina. We were number one in public school in South Carolina. And uh, he just didn't quite have the guys around him. But as far as I can remember, he had three dunks in the first 52 seconds, Chris. Think about that. And I called timeout <laughs> and said, guys, listen, he gets up in the morning, has breakfast, puts on his clothes just like we do. Okay? <laughs> Calm down and play basketball. I mean, cell phones out. You should just see it, watch it every move. Um, you know, we were fortunate. Our, our, our guys kind of settled in, and, and we had a little more five or seven men talent than he didn't quite have the supporting role. Uh, but that was incredible for our community in Spartanburg to sell out our Dorman Arena, 4,000 seats, standing room only, uh, people scalping tickets outside, crazy atmosphere. <laughs> but those were probably the two games that just stand out as far as regular season games that were just, you know, unbelievable in my career. But, we, uh, we, but not the most important, Chris. We had uh, we had Coach Combs on early on in one of our first episodes, and and we I asked him that question, and I forgot that he had coached against Zion when he was at Ben Lippin, and I said, you know, you could take your time when you were at South Carolina and the SEC. He goes, he goes, he goes. I don't need to worry about the SEC. He goes, he goes. I could coach another fifty years. It's going to be Zion Williamson's going to be the best player I ever coached against. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm gonna have to agree with Coach Combs. Coach Combs got it right there. Uh, he's, he, he's one of a kind. He doesn't uh, often. He doesn't, he can, he doesn't he often do, get him right. No. Yeah, what he can do is is just unbelievable. I mean, his trajectory for improvement from high school to even now is just unbelievable. And even looking at a quote here from me, Thomas, Zion is a once in 25 years player. I'm wondering if that maybe is now once in every 50 years or once in every 100. He just gets better and better. He's just an absolute freak. Can I edit that quote, Coach? Yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> well, I tell you, let's uh, – Let's, uh, let's go ahead and <laughs> we may come back to that game, but let's go ahead and get into uh, your greatest game that you sent in to us. And so at this point in the show, like I said, the name of the game, the, the name of the game, the name of the podcast is the greatest games podcast. So take us into the arena for your greatest game. Give us all the, all the juicy details for, for this greatest game. Well, I mean, listen, let's be honest. You, you, you stay in this and you coach for, uh, like I said, this is my uh, 21st year, and, and you've kind of told and you've had teams that you thought were good enough to potentially contend for a state title, and, and we feel like we've been really good at Dorman up to this point. But we just haven't been able to get over the hump. We lost three times in the upper state championship, another couple times in the third round, and, 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 to, and to finally be in the state championship, played an incredible Blythewood team. Uh, Trey Jackson, a junior at that point, who's now at Iowa State, uh, uh, just a really good team. I mean, Zeke Washington, one of the premier coaches in the state of South Carolina. It was a game where when you watch film leading up to it, you knew this was a game that's a one-possession game that could go either way. And um, I think both teams just, you, you know, you get in the Colonial Life Center, it's just a different – it's a different feel. Nobody's going to probably play their best basketball. I don't know in the four years that we've won the state championship, we've shot the ball particularly well in any of the four years, that you just know that coming in. 
And to do that the first year, we're probably your nerves are at the highest. We, we have no experience to go in there and play a team. And it did. It, the game went back and forth, back and forth. And, um, you know, we were, we were down one. Uh, well, I believe it was 18 seconds to go when we called timeout. And, you know, we have a, a backdoor player that we save about once or twice a game. You just kind of have to, you know, figure out, you know, Bythewood likes to get in those passing lanes and really overplay. And, you know, they're settling in and, uh, had a little ninth grade guard. It's kind of amazing, and everybody's gonna know his name because right now uh, he is uh, he's gonna make an impact on college basketball. Basketball, I can tell you that. But we've got a ninth grader that I put in the game. Didn't start that night, uh, but runs a backdoor play, and we kind of set it up perfect. And then they bid on it, and he he delivers a backdoor pass to Zach Butler, who ended up signing with Ohio at the time. And we get a layup to go up one. But the big part of the story on that is. They come down and listen. This is just this is bad coaching. I mean, we we want to switch all screens. We don't normally do that. We normally hedge and cover. And and for this one time, we just knew we wanted to we wanted to switch all screens. And, and we made a mistake. And, and Jackson gets a three at the top of the key, yeah, unguarded. And I mean, I can just tell y'all, my heart sunk when it left his hand. Like this is going to go in. This is too good a player, and, and he's fantastic. And hit it off right off the back of the iron, and it came off. And that was our first state championship in, in dormant history, uh, which was huge for a school that's had tons of athletic success, not to be able to, to get over the hump in basketball. It kind of been that, uh, you know, elephant in the room, and, and that, that was just huge. And I can just remember the elation of, of, of coming here, wanting to build a basketball program and winning a state championship uh, was, was unbelievable. But it did take – a a coaching mistake. We had not we had not practiced it enough to be able to handle switching everything at the end of game situations. And hey, you catch a break, and, and that's how uh, that's that's how it works. But I'll learn, and that's why Ryan Hilburn and John Stair and Zach Rich better get it right so that doesn't happen again next time. <laughs> Coach, you you talked about earlier. Um, Brian asked you about building the program, and then and you just talked about, you know, finally accomplishing that goal of winning a state title and building the program at Dorman over the, your time there. Do you remember maybe, you know, a, after the celebration on the court and you get the trophy, maybe you went back and sit down in the locker room or maybe you sit on the bus to drive home where you kind of just exhaled and thought about all those years and maybe there was a moment you thought about, like, from 10, 12 years ago and there was a leak in the in the gym and you couldn't practice or something like that. That's all led to this. Well, you know, you know, I, I think I did excel and say, wow. I mean, like you've worked so hard, you want to accomplish a, a goal that's a, a huge goal for any coach. Um, but but I will tell you that I, that I think, and I would tell, I would say any young coach or any coach that's doing this that hasn't been able to maybe win that state championship. I, I think I got to a point where, um, like, I wanted us to be the best we could be every year. But winning a state championship didn't define me or our program. Does that make sense? And I think getting, getting there is so important. I think that we're giving too – I'm giving too much credit for maybe the success we've had here lately and coaches that, that sometimes get upset in the second and third round get too much criticism. I think it's a bigger picture. Like, we're in this to, to promote these kids being, uh, you know, like I said, the best person they can be and have opportunities to play college basketball – um, but you got to catch some breaks. And um, so I, I had kind of – I was okay that if I was a 20-year coach that never won a state championship that felt like I was making a difference, I was okay with that. And I think that helped me 
um, not to put too much pressure, but also to enjoy it, just given the opportunity that the Lord had blessed us with an opportunity to win the biggest game for that particular year. Uh, but if I, but if state championships define me as a coach, uh, then I'm in the wrong profession. That's wow. Let's just we could just end the podcast right there, Thomas. That's unbelievable. I love that answer so much. We just that that theme keeps coming up over and over and over again on this podcast. That yes, we we want to win, we want to compete, but like what what are we doing for kids that's that's bigger than than that? And you're right. You have to be lucky as all get out to to win, and then to to get there to be healthy, and then I would say too though that 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 you do deserve a ton of credit for the, what you've built up there and, and the machine that is Dorman basketball right now, especially winning four in a row. But there's a quote here from Zach Butler that you mentioned. He went on to play at Ohio that I got the opportunity to see play uh, the, uh, down in Charleston as a, as a college player a couple years after this. But Butler says, I'm speechless right now. If you work hard, I think that anything is possible. We've been talking about this forever it's like a dream come true. And I just, I love that so much. And obviously we're recording this and we're in the throes of a pandemic right now. We're not sure what high school basketball is going to look like in South Carolina, but I look at that quote with that as the backdrop right now. And that's what we're doing. We're giving kids an opportunity, a chance to, to, to do something special and believe in something bigger than themselves and I don't know what the question is. I just think it's so cool what you've built up there and to see that answer from now four years ago and to see it just come to fruition four years in a row. I just think it's, I just think it's incredible. Well, I, I love what you said, Coach, and, and, and I think we don't shy away from talking about like, hey, let's be great. Let's have fun. Let's, let's you know, last year the idea that we could potentially ever be invited to Geico Nationals, that's a pipe dream. You don't, you don't even think about those things. But I tell our guys, like, hey, we don't know what hard work and what just us coming together and having just a unbelievable and, – and I'll be honest, like, right now, we're talking about being – like, being – like, I want them to be – think bigger than they ever thought they could think. I, I don't know if that even makes sense or uh, grammar's wrong, but I, I want them to come in to work every day as we walk in the gym with something bigger than themselves – we have to be selfless every day, but then thinking and dreaming bigger than they ever could have dreamed when they walked in. And if we do that every day, we've got an opportunity to be great. Yeah. I mean, what, what else is there? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> from what you're saying, that answer about the, the social media team and then your, your media team in general uh, to that answer now, like it's just all about, like you say, thinking bigger. And I was talking to my coaches the other day and again, kind of going back to this pandemic thing, all the struggles and we're not sure if kids are going to wear masks and parents are going to wear masks, all this kind of stuff. No, let's expect greatness. Let's expect everybody to do that. Let's, 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 let's dream big here. We don't know what basketball or football or any sports going to look like in a pandemic, but let's, let's create it ourselves. And that's, again, that's what y'all have done is created greatness. And you're right. I mean, I, the, the, the group that you had this past year, Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Like it was unbelievable as a college team walking in for the Bojangles bash and just absolutely hammering a very good Huntington prep team. That's unbelievable. So again, I just, uh, what you, what you've done. I just, I just love it. I just love it. Well, thanks coach. We've been blessed. We've got a lot of good kids and we've got some young kids we're excited about and we just hope to keep, you know, keep getting better every day. That's all we can do. 
That's it. That's it. Make each day your masterpiece is what John Wooden said. It was one of his eight points of light or whatever. He had some sort of thing. Well, no better than John Wooden to take from. I'm going to tell you that right now. So you're right. We're going to work hard. We're going to work harder tomorrow than we did yesterday and keep moving forward. So that's right. That's where we're at. All right, Coach, we'd like to end this on a fun question. If I asked uh, a player who played for you in that game against Mario Chalmers and I asked a kid that, that played for you last year, what's the – when they do their Thomas Ryan impersonation, because they all have their Coach Ryan impersonation, you know they do. When they do their Coach Ryan impersonation, what's the one thing you say over and over again? Pass up good for great. Pass up good for great, and they're going to say I stutter when I say it, but I want to pass up good shots for great shots. For a great shot, absolutely. That is a great one. Wow. And, and we got to be the toughest, toughest person in the gym, period. we got to be tougher than anybody out there. we got to be tough as nails. I like how he's giving it to us in the coach voice, too. That's, right? Listen, I mean, that's what you wanted, right? That's what they would tell you. They make fun of me. They say I stutter when I say it. <laughs> Well, I've I've walked past many a Dorman hoops huddle at the at the Bojangles bash, and the steam is rising from Thomas Ryan's head as he's given some <laughs> some wisdom like that. So uh, I love it. I love it. Well, Coach, just can't thank you enough for for this. This episode has absolutely flown by. This has been incredible. Um, just can't thank you enough for for joining us here, and we'll we'll have you back after. Well, I, I, this is this is where it gets a little bit dicey here, Chris, because now. Ridgeview has moved up into 5A. I was about to say, we'll have you back after you win your fifth in a row, but I, I, I can't legally say that. I, this is one of those <laughs> conflicts of interest. So maybe we'll have you back right before Dorman and Ridgeview meet in the state championship game. That's what we'll do. How about that? And then we'll just we'll play some basketball. How about that? Hey, that sounds good. I tell you what. If, if, hey, Chris, if Brian would have only won his appeal. <laughs> No, I tried so hard, Thomas. What, so to stay in 4A? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I can we'll... tell you who was pulling for him harder than anybody. It was this guy. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you that story off the air, Chris. Yeah. Well, Brian, Brian, Brian was telling me they have, a young, they have a young player, a sophomore, who's pretty good there at uh, Ridgeview. They are loaded. Loaded. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and bring in Lou Bajak from the state here and go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no, it's two really good really good programs and hopefully hopefully the last the last two stand and then we'll get to yeah. to watch some good basketball um and expecting greatness i'm expecting to watch some basketball uh, here in a few months but anyway let's go ahead and button this episode up again thomas thanks so much and fans listen at dorman hoops on twitter fantastic follow all that media team that thomas was talking about but uh let's go ahead and button this one up for my co-host chris de blasio i am brian rosefield and thank you for listening to this episode of the greatest games <laughs>